in the book of Luke. So I invite you to open up your Bibles, open up your smart devices, whatever you have. Luke chapter 12. Luke is the gospel written to the Gentiles. Luke is the gospel that shows Jesus in his most human form. We know that Matthew was written to, to the Jews. Luke here has Jesus being painted in a way or having told the story in a way for just the everyday people who are encountering this odd man walking through society doing these things that are kind of weird. But this story in Luke allows the outside people to access this magnificent divine being. And so as we gear up for Emmanuel, God with us, our new series that starts next week. We hope you can join us. I thought it was appropriate for us to spend some time as the human people who are having human struggles clearly after yesterday, or clearly maybe you went, maybe you went shopping Thursday. Maybe your family went shopping Thursday, and so you were like, no, I didn't bring any bags home yesterday. That's because I brought them home Thursday after dinner, right? Before we get this, let me just have, well, this is my beef. If we are really excited about Thanksgiving being a space where like family, food, breaking bread, and we're going to use the biblical, like we're doing something sacred, then don't let something like that influence something that is sacred. So why are we allowing 6 p.m. to be the time? Like, yeah, let me just peace out family that I am praising today and loving and being really thankful for. Let me just go get you the gift that you want. No, the gift that you want should be your presence, right? Okay, anyways, back to the sermon. <laughs> Luke 12, Luke 12, verse 13. And we're just going to read, and I'm going to let you make some conclusions, but I'm not trying to be malicious, okay? Luke 12, Jesus has been talking to a group of people. They've been following him. They want to know the different things that this weird man says, but oddly they've been making sense, or oddly they've been miraculous. Okay, well, let me see this a little bit more. Luke 12, 13. Someone in the crowd said to him, Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, friend, who set me to be a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, take care, be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly, and he thought to himself, what should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, I'll do this. I will put down my barns and I will build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and all my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night your life is being demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. Like, I don't, I think we kind of know what I was saying, right? Like, possessions, you know, what you may or may not have bought, what you may or may not have thought was shiny and exciting. We 
in our American culture, in many cultures on this earth. We, as humans, are craving the things. All of the new things, all of the shiny things, all of the things that make my life easier, or the things that make it look like I have one up on somebody else, or things that just make me feel good for just a little while. So we know that the TVs that are in all of these ads, this one, there's the TVs, right? $389, $99, 40 inches. This ad is sat in the TV. Oh, TVs, TVs, click on this TV. Coles. Oh, okay. There it is, right there. <laughs> the blue, that blue, that blue box. Kohl's. How many of y'all are going to buy a TV from Kohl's? <laughs> because they know. They know all of these door buster deals. They're door busters because it doesn't cost very much for them to sell these so-so products. So they can afford to sell them at cheaper. And we are so excited for them to be cheaper. For us to have an opportunity to do the, look at that little rice cooker instant pot, 69. They're normally not that price, so I need to go get one now. Right? These doorbuster deals aren't the highest quality of product. So I'm not going to say much about this idea of having possessions and storehouses. We, we have grown up with this parable if we have read scripture. And, and we know what this is saying. It's quite clear. I mean... So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. Like, we get it. This is as plain as day. There is not much to do with this here. So that's not going to be the conversation that we continue today. Y'all can, y'all know, possessions are not the thing, okay? Today, I want us to reflect on this idea that this is what kind of world we live in. And we have just come from a series where we have been studying Nehemiah and the things that took him to his knees to pray into action. The first few verses as we studied Nehemiah, he looked around and he cried the kind of cry that made him live differently, that made him rely on God differently, that made him interact with his faith differently. When you look around at the world and you see that Black Friday now starts on Thursday during the dinner time that we are supposed to be loving our family, does it make you cry? Does the idea that this is our world make you cry? Or is this like, nope, this is the world. Well, in that case, let's go back to the basic version of this, this parable, right? But that's not where we are, because I don't think that that's where we are. We don't need to be told that possessions are the things that we prioritize. But I do wonder if we're the people with the storehouses of faith, and we're sitting on those not doing anything. Those are not the things that are rich toward God. God did not give you more abundance to build a bigger house for the more faith that you have because you didn't go shopping or because you're not one of the families that participate in this toxic culture that we live in. God gave you more faith to withhold from those things because you have better priorities, because we are living according to the book. 
But if you're not gonna go out and be the salt and the light in the world that desperately needs this, then you're building up storehouses to house your faith. Maybe they're not things, but you're not doing anything with your faith. Some of our community, some of our family happened to be at Plaza Bonita yesterday, maybe not at the wee hours in the morning, but it was like, oh, I saw lots of cops there, why? Because people get crazy over things. People have died over Black Friday shoppings. Like, no, I touched the box first, therefore this TV is mine. Friend, it's $99, it's not even that good, you're gonna need a new one next year. But we're going to fight and we're gonna be incarcerated and we're gonna do all of these things. And maybe you're not the ones doing that. No, okay, great. But we're also storehousing our faith. Just to show some observations, I'm going to throw up the verses of the parable, which are 16 to 20, onto the screen. What I want you to do is I mean, use your, vi- your devices, use your Bibles, whatever you might have. But read through this, and, and we're going to just we're going to look at how genius. Jesus is when he tells his parables. I want you to read these five verses, and I want you to count how many eyes there are. Not just the letter, but like the word I. How many eyes there are in verses 16 through 20. It's on the screen, or if it's easier in your Bibles or on your personal screen, go for it. Take, take just a couple seconds, read through that. How many eyes? Six. We got a number six. Do we have a confirmation second on that motion? Six. All right. Six eyes. Five verses. Six eyes. All right. Let's, let's read through this again. You're going to know this by the time you walk out. If you didn't have it memorized already, you will today. Read through this again and look for the word my. How many my's do we have in these five verses? Five. Ooh, we got a fast reader over here. I like this. I like this. He's younger than half of you in this, age, in this sanctuary, so y'all need to pick it up. Five. Do we have a second on that? Same? Yeah. Five. So, in five verses, we have six eyes in five my's. Last one we're going we're gonna to look at. This is a phrase, two-word phrase. How many I wills do you find in, in this parable? I will. Ooh, from this side. Good job. Four. Cece, you got four? Four. All right, four. Do we have, we have a confirmation on four? Four. The self-centeredness of this man in the parable Six eyes, five my's, and four I wills. Let's just read it one more time. The land of a rich man produced abundantly, and he thought to himself, what should I do, for I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones, and I will store my grain, my goods. I will say to my soul, soul, You have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. 
This very night, your life is being demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? In the presence of his crop being multiplied and multiplying, his wealth being multiplied and multiplying, all he can see is himself. In the presence of our faith multiplying, Mm, good job. We've been praying for 20 days, 40 days. Okay, so we did do a 40-day prayer challenge, but we're going to stop talking about having done the challenge, and now we're going to start talking about what we're going to do. Because we didn't just pray for 40 days to sit here every week saying, we did it, we did it, we did it. We are hoping, and if you were here with us last week, you will have heard testimonies of the way we are now activated. Because when we pray, and when we look at the world around us and the worlds that we inhabit at, and we choose faith, God is going to do some things. So as we gear up for this season, this season, yes, Christmas, but also this season we're marking it in, in our Bonita community. We have come off of 40 days of prayer and a challenge, but we are now going to go forward in a lifetime of service. Friends, you are here, whether you are visiting or whether you are our family, we are a community that is after a new faith for a new future, a new church for a new future. Because we want to be the community that looks at Black Friday that starts on Thursday and say, that's not right. And I'm going to cry about it and pray myself into action. And I'm going to have the audacity to tell God to use me. Sometimes in our lives and as we're going through the things, all we can see is ourself. And Jesus, as he tells this story, he is encapsulating the egotism and the foolishness of this man. Teacher, tell my brother to, to divide the family inheritance with me. Now, I'll tell you this, as a little sister in a family of three siblings and the only girl, I would love if my medical professional siblings would share their inheritances with me, right? Jesus, help this family dynamic that just isn't quite right. And every time somebody approaches Jesus with this thing that they want him to fix right there on the spot because he is a magical genie and not the divine son of God, Jesus goes, let me tell you a story. And how often do we listen to these stories and we're like, ooh, dang, that sounds like a pretty messed up family. And you're like, hey, Jesus, can you help me with this job situation? And he's like, let me tell you about this worker who was really searching for success. And you're like, uh-huh, uh-huh, that's me. And Jesus is like, exactly, this is you. The conversation that I want us to be considering right now as we sit in between the holiday of Thanksgiving and the exciting story of the birth of Jesus is how are we going to go about this season this year differently? 
how are we going to allow the storehouses of faith that we have been packing so full? How are we going to release those as gifts this coming season? Not as material possession things, but as the things, the principles, the values, the experiences, the way that you value humans. How are you going to be using those experiences to change the way your Christmas season looks this year? Jesus calls this individual a fool. And we say that all the time, and we don't really know that fool used in the Bible also coincides with wicked, because sometimes the people who are fools are the people who, they don't reject God in terms of atheism. They reject God in terms of like, I know God and that thing, that godly thing is there, but nah, you're a fool. We know. We are here because we have testimonies of this faith that comes from here. So for you to look at all of our faces and reject that, you fool. And therefore, wicked, those who reject God being sovereign and ruling over their lives, you fool. This rich character was ambitious. And being ambitious in and of itself, not a bad thing but ambitious for his own self-glorification. Motives, ambitions, reasons for doing these things, they all paint the picture. And the parable tells us this man was doomed. This fool, this rich fool was doomed because the second he had all his storehouses built up and filled, his soul was demanded of him. You pass. And what good is all that that you were saving for? Who gets to experience that now? Not you. Those who store up into their storehouses are fools. And so what's interesting is our Adventist faith has told us that if you have all of the knowledge in here, let me learn the right things to say. Let me learn the right theology and way of thinking about it and way of talking about it. Then we have reached some kind of benchmark and we're okay. So I can keep filling my storehouse with all of the things that I am learning. You fool. We need to be releasing the things that we are storing into the world because we are starting a holiday that isn't a holiday and it's not even beginning on the day that it has said to begin. Our world is hurting and we are letting it. We want to be a new church for a new future because we want to be a community that says that's not okay with us. And we want to be a community that has faith that activates us to pray us into action. So this season, as I invite the worship team back on stage, my hope is that you do not have a doorbuster faith. As you look at these things that we, our culture has been flooded with, it's scary. 
but I don't want you to say, what is the cheapest price I can get for the most faith in proportion? Because those are not the quality products. Challenge and throw away this idea of a doorbuster faith. How many days can I get by with praying and doing my spiritual devotions to be like, okay? What is the best thing that I can do to get the most of my time? Let me pray, meditate, do all of the things in one so I can just one shot, be done. That is not the kind of faith that we are after here. In this time, as we gear up toward the holiday season, my hope and my prayer for all of us is that we recognize the faith and the quality when we put the time in is something that we can never imagine. It's something that will always be worth it. It's something that activates and impacts this world in ways that it could truly use right now. And so if you are looking around and you're going, I don't know if I'm seeing any problems, then start, start praying this. Start praying this. Start praying yourself into action. This season, as we, as we look at Emmanuel, God with us, may we highlight our relationships. May we highlight how faith changes all of these things. And may we, may we throw away the possessions. Don't worry about the gift that you know that they'll love. Like, worry about spending the time and the experience and the relationship that will last forever. Amen.